0: Hey, everyone. You have stumbled upon the Chasing Sunday podcast. My name is Brian Davis, and I have been a worship leader uh, in the Denver metro area for the past 22 years. But who's counting? Um, I started this podcast with the idea of getting real with worship leaders. And gosh, that sounds so cheesy. Man, people still say that, don't they? Getting real. Let's just get real. Let's get real and raw. Um, But anyway, I want to have real conversations with worship leaders about what it's really like to be in worship ministry and what it's really like to just run after Sunday, after Sunday, after Sunday. After Sunday, because that 's what ends up happening uh, to a lot of us. The longer that we 're in ministry, the less it becomes about actually doing ministry, and the more it becomes about making sure that your Sunday is really, really good, making sure that everything um, as I believe one author said, that it all glows and flows and steps on no one 's toes um, and that can be really discouraging for a lot of worship leaders. many of us got into this um, for. The artistry of it, because we were passionate about ministry, because we were passionate about worship and passionate about doing things new and creatively. Um, and really what ended up happening is, um, we just started chasing our tails at some point. And so, uh, yeah, we want to have discussions with worship leaders about getting out of that rut and getting out of that, uh, getting out of that world of just running after Sunday mornings um, and running after the programming and the production and all of the, the stuff that comes along with Sunday morning and maybe try to boil it down to uh, what it really means to worship and what it really means to lead our congregations and lead our communities, what it really means to lead ourselves and what it means to lead our families as well. Um, And so, uh, that's why I started this. A little bit about me, um, because I'm going to be spending most of my time talking with other worship leaders, and you'll probably hear some of my story uh, along the way. But uh, I'll give you kind of the close notes version. Um, I started in ministry um, helping out as a volunteer when I was really young. Uh, My dad was a worship leader um, at our local church, and so he wrote to me in to help out playing piano and and, uh, and keyboard and stuff like that on our little worship team in our small little church. And it just kind of grew from there. I grew up listening to worship music, knew uh, pretty early on in my life that this was what I was going to do. So um, I started chasing after that. Uh, I went to a small Christian college in Colorado to get a degree in worship ministry um, and started working Pretty much the minute that I walked onto campus, uh, I had a job at uh, a small church in on the other side of, of the Metro Denver area, where I led faithfully every Sunday um, for their contemporary service. And uh, yeah, there was a falling out, uh, not between me, but between some of the leadership at the church and the senior pastor, um, and they kind of went on a witch hunt. Um, after everyone that he had brought on And so uh, I saw the writing on the wall Got out of that pretty quick um, Took a little bit of time off Probably not enough Started doing a kind of a youth internship uh, With a, another church In uh, kind of the north end of Denver And um, and, and that was a lot of fun. I was leading worship for kids, and I was working really closely with the youth pastor, and we had a blast. Um, we had tons of fun, but like with any job, really, there was a lot of relational conflict uh, and a lot of history there with this fella and, uh, and, and what was going on at the church. And so... Um, he kind of gave me some heads up uh, warning that he was going to be moving on and that I was probably going to be asked to, to leave as well. So I took off from that job as well. Um, All this time I was helping to lead worship uh, on campus at, at my school um, for our chapel services. And that was a blast. That was really kind of, uh, there was no, I mean, yeah, there were politics and there was, you know, there was all that stuff that that comes along with leading worship. You know, you're not doing the songs that I like, or this wasn't biblical enough, or this wasn't, you know, you said too many, you know, you referenced the word me too many times in these songs and blah, 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 all that stuff. But for the most part we were like we were pretty cohesive as as a student body and as a, a worship team. And so that was a lot of fun. Um toward the end of my college career, uh I started looking at a a job at a church uh in a fairly affluent part of the Denver metro area and uh you know, I was asked to to come in and, and be the the kind of young cool, you know, edgy worship guy. Like we want you to bring in, you know, songs that uh that the kids are singing nowadays. And and we want you to build this culture of worship. Um and we, we you know this church wants to be kind of this beacon of of hope and light in this part of the city. And I was all about that. Like it seemed really cool. And so I jumped on board on kind of a provisionary basis for a little while and um we were doing our thing, and it was pretty cool. It was it was sort of a, a replant of a church. It was a lot of fun um, until it wasn't uh, after my uh, kind of provisionary, probationary period was over, um, and they decided to bring me on full time uh, I was asked basically to stop trying to do all the cool music and start doing, uh, the kinds of music that the people who gave money wanted to hear. Um, which was basically like, you know, eighties contemporary, uh, you know, worship choruses and stuff like that, which is fine. Um, it just wasn't, it was completely different from what I had originally been asked to do and what I was feeling called to do. And so, um, so I was pretty miserable, um, in that job. And, uh, over the course of time decided to just go ahead and jump out of it and see what, you know, what I could kind of do on my own without, um, without being part of just one church body. I thought that, you know, a lot of people would want me to come lead worship at their church. So I decided to come out, uh, of that situation and just start freelancing, and uh, I hadn't built any relationships with people. I hadn't, you know, I didn't know anybody. I was pretty insulated in my little church, in my little community. I knew some other folks who were leading worship at churches um, who I had gone to school with, and so they could, they would rope me in every once in a while to play, you know, piano or guitar or something like that um, for for their worship band. But just you know cold calling churches and being like, "Hey, my name is Brian Davis. You want me to come lead worship for your church That didn't go over real well so uh so I spent a a good year just kind of spinning my wheels and uh it was it was hard, and I think uh God really humbled me during that time um and it was it was rough um, but God was faithful he was good he, he did some pretty miraculous things during that time I built some great relationships uh, one in particular with a friend who attended a, a large and and really fast growing church um, kind of the northwest end of, of Denver and uh, had been playing on the worship team there and uh, the came friends with the worship leader, the worship leaders asked him, said, Hey, I'm going out of town on this one weekend. Do you know anybody who can come in and lead worship for me? Uh, and he said, actually, yeah, I do. Let me hook you up with my friend, Brian. And so, uh, so he gave me a call and we met for coffee and he asked me if I would come and substitute for him. I uh, asked if I would put together a band and, and bring the whole crew in to uh, to lead worship one weekend. And I had no idea what I was in for. Um, you know, the churches that I had led for before then were all, you know, relatively small. I mean, maybe, I mean, the, the largest amount of people I'd ever led worship for was at, uh, was at College and you know, that's a captive audience. You know, that was that was our student body that had to be there every Tuesday and Thursday for chapel. So so that was, you know, the largest group of people that I'd led worship for at that point. And then we have maybe a thousand students. Um, and this church was was pulling in close to twenty five hundred, maybe three thousand people on a weekend and they had it all, you know, they had the, the theater lighting and they had the big sound systems and they had all this stuff and they used in-ear monitors and all this, all these things that I had never done before. But I was just in a position where my responsibility I felt was just to say yes to whatever opportunity I was being presented with. So even though I felt like I was going to be way out of my depth, I just said, yes, I will come lead worship for you that weekend. And, uh, so we did, and it was amazing. Uh, it was a, it was really, really great. Um, what I didn't know is that the weekend that that worship leader was gone uh, was a weekend that he was uh, candidating at another church. Um, and so um, the, there was going to be a position open at this, you know, at this big, fast-growing church. Um, that was really kind of on the cutting edge of what was happening in ministry, not just in in Denver, but probably in this in this whole region, um, definitely up and down the Rocky Mountain region. Um, and so uh, I was pretty excited. Um, what I also didn't know is that behind the scenes they were already kind of working out something with a guy who had led worship there before, but. Um, they brought him back on staff uh, to lead worship, but it was it wasn't too long before uh, he and the senior pastor gave me a call and said, "Hey, we really like the way that you lead worship. We feel that it would be a good fit here. Um, our church is growing so fast. We know that we're going to have to add services. We know that we're going to need someone else to help carry the load for um, for our worship leader. So, uh, would you consider joining our staff?" in a few months. Um, this was around, uh, this was just before Easter time, um, in 2004. And so I was, uh, yeah, again, I, I felt like I couldn't say no, like this was too great of an opportunity, even though it meant waiting until, uh, until about June to take that job. Um, but, but they gave me some freelance work, uh, a couple weekends here and there, uh, to fill in. So that you know, helped kind of charge up the bank account, and and kind of whet my appetite for what I was going to be, uh, what I was going to be doing. And yeah, in June of two thousand four, I took a position at this church. And the way that it was described to me when when I was being hired is, you need to be ready because this place is like a rocket ship that's going about a million miles an hour. And you either hang on for dear life or you fall off and burn up in the atmosphere. Um, And so I was up for the rocket ride, like, let's do it. And so uh, I jumped on and yeah, it was, it was crazy. Uh, Within the first few months that that I was leading worship there, um, there was just exponential growth at the church. And... uh, they were right. Like we were adding services. Um, it felt like every quarter we were having to add another service. Um, and uh, it, it continued that way for a while. Eventually we we maxed out um, at doing six services every weekend, two on Saturday, three on Sunday morning and one on Sunday night. And, uh, you know, It was one of those places that had, uh, there was a high, um, there was high value placed on uh, production and and excellence and making sure that everything looked and sounded the best that it possibly could, Um, which then also meant that there were meetings on, you know, Monday or Tuesday morning to talk about like what went well, but especially talk about what didn't go well um, so that we could do it better the next week and this continued uh for about 6 years. I was I was on that staff for 6 years, but it felt like probably double that if not more. Like everything was just moving so fast that uh that it started to become hard to keep up. Um not just with the pace, um but it became hard to keep up with myself and became hard to uh, take care of myself, but also it became really hard to take care of my family. Um, I had a wife and by the time I, um, by the time 2010 rolled around, had two little kids, a mortgage, a house. Uh, I had been writing songs as well. I was trying to, you know, kind of make a name for myself, you know, with, with some of my songs and things like that. And all at the same time getting to play rockstar every, you know, almost every weekend. And it just, yeah, it just got exhausting after a while. And, you know, I, it just, I, yeah, after a while, I just started to feel like I was a hamster on a wheel. And, um, And I could tell that that my family could tell that that I wasn't happy. I wasn't keeping real close contact with any of my friends outside of the church. Um, I was, you know, I always had to miss holidays. I always had to miss, you know, all this stuff because I was always working. Um, Eventually what happened was uh, my wife uh, ended up having an affair with someone on the worship team. I was asked to, uh, to step down and, and take some time to, to try to address these issues. Um, it was all done very lovingly. Um, they, they showed a lot of care, uh, at least to me. Um, there was unfortunately not as much care shown toward my, my now ex-wife. Um, and so when, when ultimately I was asked to, uh, to step down, um, because, uh, so long story short, they gave me a three-month hiatus to, uh, to try to take care of some of this stuff going on with my marriage. And during that time, I, I also looked at what I wanted out of ministry, not just out of my marriage. And, and when I came back to the leadership and said, this is, this is what I believe I need um, to be able to continue to do this, and it was basically decided, like, that's not the kind of church that they were going to be, and there wasn't going to be room for me to pursue those things if I wanted to stay uh, on the staff of the church. And so, um, between that and the struggles with my marriage, uh, it was pretty much decided that, that I needed to, to step away from my role there. And one of the things that I remember, in the midst of, of all the, the stress from all the stuff that was going on in my marriage— all the stuff that was going on with my family, all the stuff, the the turmoil that was going on in my own heart, um, grieving the loss of, of being part of this amazing ministry that I was a part of for so long. Um, and, but also seeing how my, you know, how they were treating this person that I loved, um, as a result of, you know, the things that have gone, that had gone on, um, in our marriage and, and, and during this affair, um, I, <laughs> I was finding these little pockets of peace within that. And, and I remember the day that I cleaned out my office and took all my stuff home and I picked up my kids, uh, one of my kids from preschool, picked up the other one from kindergarten, went home. It was a nice spring day. It was in March and the kids were playing in the backyard I hadn't talked to them about it yet. They didn't know what was going on. Uh, I laid down in the grass in the backyard and I looked up at this just crystal clear blue sky. And I realized like something's missing here. There's something missing. And I, I couldn't quite put my finger on on what it was. And then I realized it was the thing that was missing was this crushing need to perform all of that performance pressure all of that need to be on for the next sunday and the sunday after that and the sunday after that and not just be on but be more on than I was the week before. Not just sing really great, but to sing greater than I did the weekend before. Not just to have really great songs or really great cover that we were going to do, but to have it be better than the one that was all of that was gone. And I just laid in the grass and I just started laughing hysterically while tears just poured down my face. And I remember my my girls coming over to me and and just laying in the grass with me and they started laughing too and we're just rolling around and they don't know what's going on and I barely do um but it was just this really beautiful moment and i think that was where this idea of of chasing sunday really came from this idea that like there are so many other people who i know who are leading worship, and they are in this this same place. They don't have time to grab a cup of coffee with anybody else besides the people that they work with. They don't have time to even explore personal spiritual practices or, or really take time to get away. The only time that they're usually offered those kinds of moments are when things get to a A crisis, when things get to a place where they're about to flame out incredibly, or when something happens in their marriage, or when something happens in their family, or when something happens where things just get to a critical point, and then, oh, okay, well, before it completely explodes, we'll let you take some time to work on it. Unfortunately, by then, it's usually too late, like, a lot of damage has already been done. Um... You're looking at other things. You're looking at ways to get healthy, and a lot of times, like I was told, that just isn't going to fit with what's going on to be able to keep up with with the pace of ministry. And and so uh, as I as I explored other jobs, and as I've as I've you know I ended up working at another fairly large ministry after I worked at, at this church, uh, after my divorce. And, um, it started out great. I felt like I was able to put a lot of really good boundaries around what I wanted to do and, and the things that, that I wanted to be a part of, um, and, and the things that gave life to me, um, uh, in, in doing ministry. And over time, um, cause I was there also about six years, um, those boundaries just started to be encroached upon. And again, this isn't, this isn't the fault of the church. The church needs to do what the church is going to do. I wasn't keeping a good eye on my boundaries. I was the one who was saying yes, when they would come to me and ask me to do things. Um, I was the one who was, who was starting to sort of believe my own press and say like, oh yeah, I can, I can do that. And I will do that because I know that I'm going to do it really well. And, um, and next thing I knew, uh, you know, about five or six years into this ministry, I felt like I was right back at it. I just felt like I was right back at this place where I am just running after weekends. I'm just, the next Sunday is still coming and the weeks would just be a blur. Um, and, or they would be just the same meetings over and over and over again. And, um, and next thing I knew, here we are, we're back at Sunday again. And I'm, I'm doing the same things and I'm saying the same things and I'm making the same gestures and the same faces and the same little quips between songs or, or little, you know, little nonchalant jokes during the announcements and things like that. Um, And so I decided that I needed a change. And um, fortunately, a a dear friend of mine named Paul Roman Levitt, who you will hear from uh, probably quite a bit on this podcast. Uh, he was going through some of the same things as well. He has started a, a nonprofit ministry, um, uh, about, uh, oh, 10 years prior and, um, and was looking at maybe we, we were sort of having some conversations about what it would look like to relaunch that. Um, to basically reach out to people like us, people who were uh, kind of on the fringes and who were burned out, who were maybe seeing that, that there were some things that were shifting in ministry and in the church, in the world. And perhaps we could help be a catalyst for some worship leaders to, you know, maybe find their way and navigate that confusion, or at the very least offer them, even if it's just offering them a weekend off so that they can get off that treadmill um, and stop running after the next Sunday. Give them one less Sunday to worry about. Um, and so in, in 2018, we relaunched uh, Torn Curtain Arts with this vision of helping to strengthen the creative soul of worship leaders in the Denver area. And um, yeah, so we've been doing that now for, for two years. And what we're finding as we meet with, with worship leaders is that this is a, an all too common problem. That there are so many worship leaders that are feeling burned out, that are feeling frustrated, that are feeling um, they're feeling almost useless now um, because they feel like all, all that they're good for is singing four, five, six songs on Sunday. Um, and then it's, you know, go back to your corner and wait till Sunday and we'll call on you again. And they're... I feel like the church is missing out. Um, and this isn't just happening to worship leaders. It's happening to all types of, of creative thinkers and creative doers, um, artists, dramatists, video production people. A lot of them are feeling like they're being almost taken advantage of or used simply because of what they can do to make Sunday morning pop. And, uh, and we want to see that end. We want to see the church embrace her artists the way that that we feel that they should be embraced. We want to see the church um, honor and and respect the boundaries of their worship leaders. but we also want to see worship leaders be able to stand up for themselves too and say like no these these are my boundaries. These are the things that I know that I need to make. Sunday not just better than last Sunday but to make to make Sunday thrive to really connect with with the congregation and to really connect with the staff to make the church overall healthy and 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 a and be a worshiping church as opposed to just coming together and consuming something on Sunday and then going throughout our week and then coming back and doing it all again the next Sunday. And so um, that's been the last two years for us um, and for me. Uh, I still lead worship now at a, a small congregation um, in the Bonnie Bray Wash Park area of, of Denver um, called New Denver Church, and um, it is, it's a church that I've worked with for about, Ten years now, um, but I finally joined their staff after I realized, like, oh, this is this is what's next. <laughs> this is this is the thing, and 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 it's a church that I'm not saying that we're perfect, but it's a church that does help um, help me and, and all of our leadership um, engage with uh, engage with. Uh, spiritual practice, engage with uh, Sabbath, engage with uh, rhythms of rest and, and, and refreshing and things like that. And so um, it's, it's become a real refuge uh, for me and, and I think for a lot of other people. um, And uh, Paul is also doing a lot of other things uh, um, outside of kind of the church ministry world, but um, I'll let him share more of his story later on on another episode. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the story behind, that's a very, that's a 30,000 foot slash 30 minute view of, of the last 20 years of ministry for me and how I got to this place of, of starting this podcast, um, called Chasing Sunday. And, um, I want this to be a resource for worship leaders, um, if nothing else, maybe just a point of catharsis, um i I want to talk to worship leaders who don't have it all together, and I want to have honest conversations with worship leaders about what they love what they hate about ministry what they um, the kinds of things that they do to keep themselves sane and not all of it is going to include you know sitting down and you know reading their Bible for two hours a day some of it you know I, some of it is going to include, you know, well, what do I do to keep myself sane Well, I go and I take tours of distilleries around town, <laughs> which I, I do. Um, so, you know, I just want to dive into the real life aspects of being in, in worship ministry, um, but also help worship leaders, uh, find ways to get off of that treadmill and stop chasing Sunday after Sunday. So I hope that you'll keep listening. Um, we'll try to get these episodes out every other week. So, uh, keep, uh, make sure you subscribe, check it out, um, and, and keep listening. And, uh, also, um, like I said, uh, I work for Torn Curtain Arts and we are a 501c3 nonprofit. And so uh, we rely heavily on, uh, on gifts and donations from people to keep ourselves uh, moving forward. So if you like what you hear uh, in this podcast, please go to torncurtainarts.org. O-R-G that is. Um, And uh yeah, feel free to give what you can uh, or what you feel um, would be helpful. And we would be grateful for whatever you can do to uh, to help push our ministry forward. Um, because you're not just helping us, you're helping the worship leader at your church, um, or you're helping the worship leader at the church in your neighborhood. Um, because eventually we want to be able to reach out to all of them. So um, thanks again for listening. Once again, my name is Brian Davis. Uh, check out torncurtainarts.org for more information on me and on our ministry. And uh, yeah, I'll look forward to uh, to talking at you again soon. All right. Thanks a lot. See ya.